More than a third of employees at the Interior Department said they had experienced some form of harassment or assault. That was three years ago, and that was a wake-up call for the department. Now Interior says it's made some serious progress. New data from the latest Federal Employee Viewpoint survey shows fewer employees at Interior say they've experienced harassment over the past year. And more Interior employees say they know where to go to relay concerns. As Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco reports, members of Congress across the aisle, they're also encouraged. 2017 was a dark time for the Interior Department. It surveyed its employees then and found that 35% of them said they had experienced some sort of harassment while on the job over that past year. 20% of those employees say they experienced harassment based on their age. 16% say it was based on gender. And 8% say they experienced sexual harassment. Nearly two-thirds of those employees say the harassment occurred more than once, and they often had to keep working with their harasser. The department got an earful from Congress back then. And over two years later, the response from members is a lot more positive. Susan Combs is the Assistant Secretary for Policy, Management, and Budget at Interior. The report that came out in 2016 was so horrible. It was such an eye-opener. And I think people were just astonished and shocked at what had happened to those folks in Grand Canyon and elsewhere. And I think it prompted the kind of soul-searching that obviously should have taken place earlier. And I'm very sorry to hear about the event that Mr. Greenblatt has referred to last night, recurring last night. I just just think it's a constant repetition that has to take place, and people have to be held accountable. Interior included six questions about harassment on their federal employee viewpoint survey this year. The department says the results are encouraging. Interior says 18 percent of employees say they experienced some kind of harassment, according to that 2019 engagement survey. And 94 percent of Interior employees say they know where to report harassment, as compared with just 62 percent back in 2017. Members on the House Natural Resources Committee say it's a positive sign that employees' awareness of how and when to report is going up, while overall reporting of these incidents themselves is actually going down. Interior attributed its success to a couple of efforts. Most of them have to do with training. Here's Combs. We demanded within a two-year period that all supervisors be given that training in person around the globe, and that has been done. As of February, there were 9,000 supervisors have been trained. Secondly, uh, it was made part of their individual performance standards. There are 13,114 supervisors, and they all now have that embedded in their performance standards. Thirdly, training. Um, We have a contract with a third-party vendor who's going to do online training for all 70,000 employees, and that will be customized to the various bureaus. That will be customized across uh, the department, and we, of course, welcome input on that, and that will probably happen late summer. Interior says it will also host 72 in-person bystander training sessions for employees at various sites across the country. A relatively new agency-wide misconduct case tracking system will allow Interior to identify trends and hold managers accountable for taking action. And the department also set up a Workplace Culture Transformation Advisory Council. Leadership from all Interior bureaus sit on that council, and that's where Combs says they're all talking about these issues. Of course, the department's inspector general and others still see some challenges with all of this. Each of Interior's bureaus and offices are supposed to foot the bill for their own harassment investigations, 
And there's some sense that that policy could create a chilling effect within the agency. Mark Greenblatt is Interior's Inspector General. If you're in a smaller office and there's a complaint that comes forward and that office then has to bear the cost, that could impact their training, that could impact their ability to carry out their, their mission. And so therefore there's a concern that if there are employees in a smaller office, they may be less willing to come forward and incur that cost on their own office be it the, the survivor, the victims themselves, or, the, or a witness uh, may be reluctant to come forward. At the same time, we understand from the department's response that they want to, uh, that some of the bureaus want to hold those local managers accountable by making them pay for, for you know, investigating that misconduct. So there's a balance there that the agency has to, has to weigh. Combs says Interior is hiring a third-party contractor who will handle the investigations going forward. And the funding to conduct those investigations will come from a kind of revolving fund in the future. Chia Feldblum is a former commissioner at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. She now runs a workforce culture and inclusion consulting practice out of a private law firm. She praised a lot of the steps Interior has taken so far to improve. But she says there are still some risks that Interior should watch out for that are often telltale signs of potential cultural and workplace challenges. An agency can have the best policy or procedures at headquarters, but in decentralized workplaces, individual supervisors often reign supreme. And in isolated and remote workplaces with only a few employees, that is an additional risk factor. A young workforce. Young workers may not even know what's unacceptable in a workplace. Young workers who are themselves managers may not know how to respond to harassment. And high-value employees. Allowing a toxic employee to act with impunity, regardless of how valued the employee is otherwise considered, has significant costs to an agency. Combs says Interior is looking out for these risks, and she acknowledged the department could do more to create a more diverse workforce. She says top Interior leadership is constantly talking about these challenges. Members of Congress are concerned, though, that things like the upcoming Bureau of Land Management relocation and interior reorganization might actually impact morale and discourage employees from coming forward to express their concerns. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. At the top, people have to protect people who come forward. They can't be viewed as troublemakers. So even when people go through the motion of addressing the problem, but they're still totally ostracized in the workplace. Nobody hires them. Nobody promotes them because they're labeled as troublemakers. That's still too real in workplaces, not just at Interior, but across the country in corporations, etc. So leaders have to lead. All in all, though, members of the House Natural Resources Committee applauded the progress Interior had made. Here's Feldblum. But if you do that, and if the leadership on the top tells people, we want you to intervene. That's huge. And paying for bystander intervention training is one way of communicating that. And then supporting bystanders who do intervene, like acknowledging them, recognizing them. Let's make the Department of Interior a model. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at (coughs) federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. 
Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now. Available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.